So at the end, yeah, I wasn't pressuring, but I was definitely talking about it. I was like, when is this happening? Girl, if you were throwing it in his face, you were pressuring. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was chill and also pissed off. <laughs> lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. Hello there, lovers and friends, and welcome to the Lovers and Friends podcast, where we are talking about all things intimacy, which I define as anything under the umbrella of sex, relationships, and attachments. All the shit that you know that I care about so deeply, and so do you. So in super short, that's why we're here. In this episode, we're talking about marriage proposals. You know, the thing that happens when two people fall in love and the feminine person silently thinks to themselves, you know what? I could be with this person forever. And at that exact same moment, the masculine person is at the jewelers having the feminine person's dream ring designed. Then the masculine plans a surprise uber epic marriage proposal that catches the feminine completely off guard. But you know, not like too off guard to the point that she doesn't respond with an enthusiastic herbal essence. Yes. The couple posts a magazine cover worthy image to Instagram and everyone is like, hashtag couple goals. And that my friends is exactly how a marriage proposal goes down for majority of people, right? Lovers and friends, lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby, I don't pretend. I say, lovers and friends, uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I say, there have been parts of our relationship where I have pressured him to propose because I was ready to get married but he was not. I spent the next six years trying to change his mind and I reminded him that we're not getting any younger and I would tell him that we couldn't move or buy a house until we got married. He keeps saying when the time comes, when the time comes, when the time comes, but I want to know if I'm wasting my time. It just so happens I went to the jewelry store for something else and saw that my ring was on sale and I thought, oh, I'll just call him and see if like, you know, if I could go ahead and get the ring and he just give me the money back because it was on sale. Before we dive any further into the, in my personal opinion, insane cultural trend of marriage proposals where women are expected to drive relationships towards marriage while passively waiting for their partner to propose, I want to state that this episode is really a commentary on heterosexual and binary culture. In a future episode, I would love to dive into the world of marriage proposals as it pertains to the LGBTQ community. All right, so the way that I see it, when it comes to proposals, if you're a person who identifies as the woman or feminine in your relationship, you're likely in one of three buckets. Bucket one, in your religious belief system, marriage legitimizes your relationship in the eyes of God. And thus, getting married is not a formality. It is a fundamental step towards righteousness that someone, more than likely the man, has to take the initiative on if they too are interested in unlocking your <clears throat> intimate potential as a couple. Bucket two, marriage doesn't define your level of intimacy with someone and you recognize that by and large proposals are an outdated capitalist sexist tradition that's history is so stained, you wouldn't feel comfortable wearing that bad boy to a painting party. In 2350 BC, when the institution of marriage began, women didn't propose because nobody gave a damn what, when, who she wanted to marry. Marriage was about ownership of land, legacy, and the woman's identity. Later on, around the late 1700s, for a brief time, when people started to marry for love rather than for benefit, there was the question of whether women would be able to choose their own mate. And the answer came back a resounding, hell no. Women were deemed too emotional and irrational to be trusted with selecting a good life partner. 
Men, on the other hand, were considered to be more rational, more level-headed, and the decision-makers who had more to lose in the marriage transaction. And so they remained the ones driving the decision on whether or not to wed, and the tradition of men being the ones to propose continued and still continues to this day. So in light of that history, if you're a part of Bucket One, you might reject the tradition of marriage altogether, or you might reject the idea that the person who's ready to get married should wait for the other person to act like it was their idea. Meaning you are down with feminine initiated proposals. And now we move on to bucket number three. Women who acknowledge this dark history and the oppressive origins of marriage proposals and yet we uphold, perpetuate, and spearhead the tradition as is. In short, if you are in bucket three, like me, which we'll get to, You related to this Ali Wong special more than you care to admit. I just had this sneaking suspicion that he was going to propose because I had been pressuring him to do it. (laughs) That's how proposals really work, okay? A woman has to incept the idea into the man's head. First passively, and then if he doesn't get the message, extremely aggressively. So yeah, like I said, that's me. I am bucket three. I am Ali Wong. I am the cringy but common reality that people don't talk about. I was the woman who knew she wanted to get married because she was tired of the passive aggressive, really just straight up aggressive comments from society and her family about being a single intimacy expert in her 30s. So I took that pressure and basically turned it into a diamond by nagging my now husband, Jared, for months until he bought me one. And ooh, I feel your judgment already, but don't worry, I don't blame you. Again, I blame the insane, bizarro culture that we live in where men are bombarded with messages that tell them to delay marriage. Let me ask you a question. Why the hell do people keep getting married? You know what I mean? Isn't anybody looking at the stats? Three out of four marriages go right down the shitter, right? If you were going skydiving and they told you three out of four parachutes weren't gonna open, you're like, yo, fuck that, I'm not going. Just take 10 years ago, when I was 26, I was married, which is crazy. But by the way, don't do that. And again, if you're in a good marriage, stay in it. If you're in the best marriage ever, stay in it. I'm just saying, if you got out, it would be better. That's just a fact. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it's true. While women are simultaneously bombarded with messages and TV shows like Bridgerton that tell them that their perceived value is still hinged on whether or not the right someone wants to marry them. I want I want somebody to say, I love you this much. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because we put all the power on the man yeah. to decide. Yeah. All right. That's, that's it's definitely point. like you're being chosen. It's, it's a chooser. It's definitely like I've, I've, I've chosen, chosen you. you. That's a clip from episode 44 of Jared's podcast called Enjoy the podcast featuring the black girl bravado. So yeah, while it might be shocking to many of you that I was so ravenous for the ring that I damn near tripped Jared and shoved a ring box in his hand before he got his ass back up, I hope this conversation helps to explain why for many, the road to the ring isn't a smooth picturesque one. And if you know what I'm talking about, then I dedicate this episode to you. And I also dedicate this episode to the 2018 version of myself who wanted nothing more than to find a podcast about this very topic. Joining me later on in the episode is my brother-in-law who was pressured by my sister to propose and my husband who of course was pressured by me and we'll dive all up in that. But before we dive headfirst into this fiery ass interview, can we take a little second to get a little ad in there? 
Welcome back. Joining me up next is Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick of the huge Almost 30 podcast. Krista, who sounds like this. I love that. You're like, okay, there's two cars. One is sick and fast. One is not. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I got, yeah. He's like, finally. Has recently gotten married. And Lindsay, who sounds like this. Building your kingdom, John Wineland. He talks about just how men have kind of this little prince complex where they're like, no, 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 no marriage, no kids, no anything like that before I build the kingdom for y'all. Recently moved across the country to live with her boyfriend. So we got together to discuss why women had to drive their relationship towards marriage so often. And furthermore, listen in as we compare our personal journeys to the ring and what role pressure from our family, society, and ourselves played in that adventure. Woo! <laughs> the last time that we sat down on microphones, you were single as fuck. Oh my God. You were yes. not engaged as fuck. Yes. Now you're married as fuck. You're married. Now mm-hmm. you are booed up as fuck, mm-hmm. relocated as fuck. Relocated. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Feeling good. I was thinking, I actually was thinking about you this morning because I was thinking about your evolution too and how you were like, all right, no kids for a while. Yes. You're like no marriage mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Won't work with my family. Like all this stuff. Like I was like, yo, you've really let yourself evolve. You got married in your 30s, right? Yeah, I'm 33. Yeah, I got married at 33 as well too. That's Jesus Christ year, year, baby. That's Christ year, yes. baby. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was telling Justin like, on our wedding day, because we've been together for like nine years now. And I was like, yo, I'm so thankful that we married, we waited so long because it's like, it's just been like a beautiful new chapter for us. And if we, you know, and I think at our second year of dating, we were like, so, you know, you're so obsessed. You're Mm -hmm. in that like lust phase. We were talking about marriage all the time. We were talking about kids all the time. And I'm thankful that we didn't get engaged because it's like, now we have so much to look forward to and building a life. And I feel so much more secure. And I think in the seventh and eighth year of our relationship, we really went through through like a really hard time. Like it was like, okay, is this what we want? We've changed so much. We've evolved so much. Are we going to commit to this forever? And we got to reevaluate while we were dating and not while we were married, which made it less scary. So I'm so thankful that we waited till I was like 33. Did you have to pressure? I uh, Did I have pressure? Um, I think at the, it was weird. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience, but at the end, you know, when we were like, I think we got engaged maybe seven years in, I felt like I was because I it was almost like I was speaking and I was saying things that society was telling me to say. Like, I remember when we'd fight, it would kind of be the way that I would direct the fight to sort of get to a point. And it's almost like a little manipulative, but like to get to a point where I could win, where I could be like, okay, well, this, this, this. I'm like, well, you haven't proposed. And it was always like an easy solution that I could bring us to where it was like, well, we're not engaged. And then I could always kind of win. And I'm not like proud of that. It's just like an observation that was potentially happening. But Was winning important to you or was mentioning that this is a goal that hasn't been met for you important? I felt like, I think this is what we should be doing. And this is where we should be going. And this is like what should be happening. So it was always surprising to me that we weren't. And it was the same with you where I was like, I feel like we have such a great relationship and there's, no reason why we shouldn't. But so at the end, yeah, I wasn't pressuring, but I was definitely talking about it. I was like, when is this happening? Girl, if you were throwing it into space, you were pressuring. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was chill and also pissed off. <laughs> yeah, so I was, you know, at the end, I was like, all right, what what the fuck's going on? And mm. I was just ready. Like, 
I was ready, but then when we got, I was like, oh my God, I'm kind of scared that this is actually happening because it's such a huge marker of your age in life. That's why I felt like I was like, damn, I'm married age. Yeah. You know, I was like, whoa, like RIP to single me. Like, I mean, truth, we're past marriage. Yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. From a lot of people's perspective, yeah. Well, I mean, just from a census perspective. Yes. yes. I think 29 or 20, 27, I believe, um, for women and 29 for men is the average American age. Because for me, in my mind, this is very weird, but I had this cliche, I kind of thought it was cooler to not be married. Isn't that weird? Like I had this idea in my That's head where I, was, quite lovely. where I was like, oh, like actually not being married is dope. And like being together and just be, dating is like sexy. And I thought that was my mentality where I was, I kind of thought when you're married, cause I'm from Ohio. And so everyone that got married young, I'm like, oh, you're retiring early. Mm. So there was that kind of mentality that I had. So I never thought it was like any cooler. And I didn't feel pressure. It was sort of any pressure that I felt was in my head that was created by like me looking outside of myself at like what everyone else was doing. That's so incredibly fascinating because I had the complete polar opposite experience. Really? Yeah, just constant pressure from people. And I always felt like it was a way for people to undermine whatever you'd accomplished mm, because yes. you hadn't accomplished that. Yes. Wow. Uh, well, I think especially with the work that you do. I was listening to some Jordan Peterson thing on the way here. Love. Um, do you love Jordan Peterson? Yes. He's my favorite. Oh, I find him, he's interesting. He's, uh, I mean, obviously he speaks to a very specific demographic and yes. there's a lot of gems in that. And mm-hmm. I love that he's very directive. Yes. It's not vague mm-hmm. advice. It's very clear advice. Yes. But I often find that I'm like, that doesn't apply to me. But yes. I can see who that would apply for. Yes. So he's basically just saying that the point of marriage is to take off the stress that this person could leave me. Mm. And when we remove the stress mm. that someone could leave me, it actually makes it easier for us to admit that we're flawed. Mm. And it makes it easier for us to actually admit when we're wrong. Because if we feel like this person could leave, then we are trying to convince them that we're perfect. This was such a hot topic for me when I was trying to get engaged and leading up to that because I remember thinking to myself- Trying to get engaged is a hilarious thing that you <laughs> Oh <said>. my gosh. <laughs> I need the play-by-play. Yeah, honestly, what does that what look do like? Mean? It was when I realized that I wanted to get married because- Marriage for a lot of women is a form of social acceptance. Mm-hmm. I think especially with what I oh, do yeah. for a living. Mm-hmm. And sure. I remember the pressure you to mm-hmm. get married or the, the pressure to like, you know, in your 30s, what have you accomplished? And if marriage isn't on the list, it was mm-hmm. just a, a way for people to constantly knock me. I remember I did a show called Makeup or Breakup. And the, the first comments that I saw um, when I went to go see people's re- response to it was like, how are we going to listen to somebody's advice when her ring finger is empty? And I remember feeling so diminished by those comments. And Mm. every time you go to a family affair, every time you go to anything, it's a constant like, have you gotten married? So when I met the person that I knew I was going to spend my life with, it felt ridiculous for me not to be married to him. And I gave him this analogy. I said, for you as a man, you have probably been told your whole life that when you reach a certain level of success, there will be a car that you get that is indicative of that success. And so imagine you have reached the financial level of success. You feel good about your career and someone's like, yeah, but keep driving that Prius. And you're like, but I can, I can afford. And I'm at that place of success now where I should be in my dream car. But they're like, but why? It's not, you, you can drive, your Prius is just fine. It's mm-hmm. functional. It works great. Um, but every time you pull up to somewhere, people give you Prius energy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm in a Lamborghini relationship, but I have mm-hmm. Prius energy attached to it. So mm-hmm. even though for you, you don't get that experience because no one's looking at you and judging mm-hmm. your value in this world based on your relationships, I think that unlocked like an aha for him in terms of the pressure I was experiencing. <laughs> I You're like, okay, there's two cars. 
Yeah. <laughs> one is sick and fast. One is not. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And he's like, I go got, yeah. He's like, finally. <laughs> I think though, even with, from the family members, I know wow. like for my, you know, my grandma, um, uh, she, whatever I had done, you know, like I'd moved to LA and then it would be like, oh, like you live in Los Angeles now. Really nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, great. Like, have you met somebody? And, mm-hmm. or like, oh, you have a book coming out. Really great. Like, have you met somebody? Are you wow. with somebody? Are you this? And so I I feel like it was always like, people didn't even allow it to be a full stop. It'd be a comma. Mm. Like, oh, you've done this, but now are you going to be, wow. you know, accomplishing this goal? And so it felt like it, nobody would ever really uh, legitimize me from a family perspective, I think, until I'd accomplished this marker. So, mm. But then what? They always want more. That's oh, what girl, I that's hate. And then right. one's the kids. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And then I don't you play have that. one? Yes, honey, I don't one's play that. Two. <laughs> I don't play that. Like my mom said something about it. She's like, well, so when's Grant? I was like, I'm not playing that she, game. She just said that because it's that's what you fucking crazy. say. Honestly. That's what you say as a my parent. My mom will sometimes <laughs> randomly say things that like, she'll like see on in Facebook or something that other moms say and she'll kind of like try it on because she's not really like matronly. So she'll be like, oh, you know, well, I never know if I'm gonna have grandkids. I'm like, you don't want grandkids. So if you didn't have the family pressure, you're not religious to the point where you feel like that no. would legitimize your love no. in, the, in the eyes of God, which Mm-mm. is an incredibly valid mm-hmm. uh, reason to get married. You didn't do it for financial reasons, Mm-mm. I'm assuming. Um, so Why? It was. I don't know if you had this experience, but I there was a really beautiful evolution through the engagement process and then the wedding of growth that I needed to do. Do you say the engagement process as the period of time leading up to yes. getting engaged? Yes. Or no, no, sorry. When I was engaged. Okay. When we were, because we were engaged for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a lot of fighting and learning and growing. And we had had issues with communication and, and fighting and it really made us like look at this year as like, we need to figure this out mm. and really work on it and really mm-hmm. be committed. We're like, we need to figure this out. And like so- Like a launch coming up. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was like, if we don't figure this out, like this is not going to be a good thing. And so we really got to focus on us for that year. And I think I'm married because I want my kids to have like a united front mm. within the family. Like I want them to feel like we're like a unit more than I potentially would have felt like if we were just dating. If you didn't now I'm one. make an intention or start making that a, a priority for yourself, mm-hmm. do you think that you would have ever gotten engaged like if it was up to your husband? Um, I think he would have eventually, he's always been more family almost than me. I think he would have eventually wanted to. I think he wanted to be further along in his career. Mm. I think that's where it was like a little bit slowed down where when we first met, he was working on Wall Street. He was in New York City. Um, And then he quit his job to like self-teach himself how to code and then all this stuff. So he's gone on like an entrepreneurial path. And I think he wanted to be further along when we got married. Yes, that's the Jared's uh, thing as well too. Uh, And that's a lot of men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Building your kingdom, John Wineland. Mm -hmm. He talks about just how how men have kind of this little prince complex Mm -hmm. where they're like, no, 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 no marriage, no kids, no anything like that before I build the kingdom for y'all to Mm -hmm. live in and thrive in. Mm -hmm. I do feel like men's worth is based on that. Like for a lot of men, it's like, how much of a provider are you? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like their worth is based on how much money they make, how much of a mm-hmm. pro- provider. They have like a very like horizontal or vertical view of how they're judged for success. And for women, it's like being married and having kids is part of how we're judged for success. Yes. So it's like, mm-hmm. we want this part because this is how I define my own success is how I'm a mom, how I'm a wife. And I could be all those other things within relationship, but for men- 
there is something about trusting themselves enough that once they're married, they'll be able to like fulfill all of the duties of, of a man yeah. as defined by society, which are like providing safety, security. Which is fascinating though, because a lot of men will tell you that they achieved more success and that you start earning more money once you do get married. Yes. Because the perception now is that you have a family mm, to take care of. Yes. Even there's only been one single US president in the history of presidency. So there is a legitimacy in the world's eyes, even though I don't think from like a peer standpoint that pressure mm -hmm. is there, mm -hmm. but I do believe from a business and a security or manliness mm -hmm. standpoint that there is a shift that happens in the perception of men once they now become husbands. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. All things that I know, because I had to be like, look at these stats and studies. <laughs> I fucking love. You You're like, here's the cars, here's the numbers. Yes. Here's the cars, here's the numbers. Here's the blowjob. Let's do this. <laughs> I remember I watched the movie, The Big Sick, and the uh, main character in that is comes from an Indian family. And being like, oh, yeah. I wish that yeah. Jared was Indian because mm -hmm. the familial pressure is so mm. great there. And if anything, for a lot of Western men, especially, you know, Jared's uh, half black and half Native American, but specifically from his black side, it was the reverse pressure mm. of like, don't get married. Yes. Stay uh, single as long as possible. Oh, wow. That, yeah. you know, it's wedding ring and suffering and it's responsibility and, you know, mm. keep your freedom for as long as possible. And then I was like, where is the Indian grandma who is going to be putting the pressure on this guy because I'm ready to go <laughs> yes. and, uh, and I'm getting the pressure on my end, yes. but it's a completely different social experience on your end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it took some time to get those two things together. But and Sean's Jamaican. What's Jamaican? Yeah, I, he grew Culture. up, um, his dad wasn't really present in his life, but mm. when he was, it was very much like uh, men are supposed to provide Mm -hmm. um, their worth is based in that and also just how many women mm, yes. are present. So, wow. um, you know, sex, I feel like was definitely something that was what, you know, Sean was taught was like mm -hmm. the way you, um, just express like your, your power. Mm -hmm. He's, he does a beautiful job of like cultivating mentorship in his life, um, father figures of sorts that I think provide examples and models, whether it's in business or in personal life, marriage, relationship, and family. So he has them in his life, but I think specifically just for him and seeing that in the home, he didn't. But I also, to Krista's point, I really do feel like we just moved in together a little over a month ago. And, and not just moved in together, you relocated. Yes, yes. I moved to New York, specifically Brooklyn, and we found a new place together and creating a home together, which just brings up a lot. And you mentioned it earlier, but this idea of perfection, which has just been so like just in my face about like how I present or I choose to present to people. So where has marriage played in for you in terms of a goal, a concept, a want? Yeah, I definitely want to get married and I always have. Yeah, I always have, which is interesting because I, I, my parents are still together, but their relationship, um, yeah, it's just been one that I don't necessarily look to first for um, modeling. And so you would think that I would be a little bit hesitant and resistant, um, but I actually have this feeling of, because I experienced that contrast that I, I really feel like I have a handle on how I would do things differently. Mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, I'm actually incredibly excited to get married. Would you recommend that when people get the feeling that they know and they're with a partner, they, it's a healthy relationship and partnership, um, but one person is has the foot on the gas for marriage and the other person is in neutral, would you recommend that they put the pressure on? I always feel like to your point about giving information to your partner about your upbringing and kind of like the reason underneath, underneath. I think that that's an opportunity to ask and be curious about what is this resistance and or what is this pressure, depending on who you are in the mm-hmm. relationship. And I think like beneath it all, if you are feeling like you know, most likely that other person has that mm-hmm. feeling deep underneath too. I never felt like I knew truly new with anyone else because they, it was a no from the mm-hmm. other person. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Cause when, sometimes when I felt the no, the strongest, that's when mm. I was like, oh no, for both of us. Really? I <laughs> fucking love <laughs> for the both of us. This idiot doesn't know. <laughs> but I know. I super know. Yeah, convince I him. super know. Two times the no. <laughs> He's like, yo, what's up with this girl? You're like, I know for both of us. <laughs> I fucking love that. That's all girls, dude. <laughs> but I feel like there's always something underneath the resistance or the pressure, yeah, you know? And it's just like, you can have a really honest, open conversation that will diffuse that tension that is around the thing, marriage, engagement, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like it's like the first thing is like making sure that you both have the same goal of marriage in mind. You Mm -hmm. know, like let's be, let's just get on the same page and be like, we have the same goal of marriage. I want to be married. You want to be married timing is not clear with both of us. And it's weird. I obviously pressured Justin, but like now, and it made sense to me then, it makes sense to me now, but how it does make sense that like a man wants to have like a very fulfilled life before he gets married, even though, like you said, men benefit more from marriage than women. But I feel like it's like pressure or just making sure your needs are clearly met. And then why are you wanting to get married? I think I wanted to get married because I wanted to start my life. I wanted to solidify our relationship, but also I felt pressure mm-hmm. by outside forces. And a man doesn't want to be married to you because you feel pressure by outside forces. I would never recommend somebody pressure to have kids or mm-hmm. start a business or to even buy property together mm-hmm. because there's implications that go along with that and responsibilities that you want to make sure somebody is has informed consent over, but marriage changes nothing. It's like, I'm not pressuring you to get married so that we move to Fiji. Like there's literally the day Mm. before and the day after, nothing changes about our fundamental structure of our our commitment. I mean, especially, you know, if you subscribe to monogamy before, it's not like it's super monogamy Mm -hmm. afterwards. Like nothing really adjust rather than titles. I think it is the one area. I love hearing that, all the things you were telling Jared. Oh, <laughs> like that was another one. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're like, nothing, nothing fundamentally it changes. Nothing <laughs> changes. Yes. Other than when we call Geico, <laughs> yes. you can be like, my wife got into an accident. Yes. I'll take care of that You want shit. on my insurance? We need to be married. I really did put a lot of pressure. Um, like I, we had arguments because there would be days I would mm-hmm. imagine he'd propose to me. So my last day. Yeah. That, that fucks with you. <laughs> That on my last day you. of my the show that I worked on, the Facebook show, Makeup or Breakup, it's a studio show. And Jared made it a really big point that he had to come for this final taping. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like, all right, let's go see you there. <laughs> and he told me like in advance, he had to be there for the final taping. So I remember actually going on a plane trip before for like some job that I was on. And I envisioned the whole thing. Like I worked myself up into tears. Oh, like I'm going to get married on this day. <laughs> I like, love working everything. myself into tears, dude. <laughs> on an airplane? <laughs> 
like, I'm the best at that, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone's like, are you okay? And you're like, I'm engaged. Yes. <laughs> you're looking out the window. In my like, head. <laughs> and so he comes to set and he was like, I got to come early. I got to come early. I got to get my hair braided because I had a hairdresser. I'm going to get my hair braided. Like, so I want to make sure yeah. I'm there on time. So I was like, oh, he wants to get, because he can do it on camera, yes. like the final moment. And then like, <laughs> oh he comes and he gets his hair braided. I'm like, oh, I'm soon to see you. And then of course I do the show and the whole time I'm like, keep looking around like, where the, where the vlog camera's at? Yo. Like, where's the, I'm looking for little clues and hints. And you see you're covering your face. You know what happened. The show ended, <laughs> nothing happens. And then we go home. Were you irate? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't even get to the oh. highway. He's like, what's wrong? And I was like, what's wrong? <laughs> that was the last time I think actually I cried so much that my eyes were puffy the next day. Oh, I was so, cause I was like, you. this man is like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, I'm there for your last taping. Yeah. Like, I'm like, like, you I- really just came to get your hair braided. Like that's <laughs> really what happened. Um, and I remember saying to him, you took away from me the magic of getting a surprise engagement. I will never have that now. You've robbed me of Mm. that experience. Like, so this would have been it from now on, from this point going forward, it would have been a thing that you should have done months ago. And so you took that away from me. And then Mm. I remember when I actually got engaged, I was like, no, still great. Like it wasn't anything different. You know, it was still just as magical, still as amazing. It was like still so beautiful, but. He didn't know that braiding his hair was like, (laughs) oh. Icing on the cake. That was the icing on the cake. Yo, this man. I fucking love that. What's wrong? (laughs) Don't you know that we've been engaged for four days in my brain? (laughs) That's the thing. That's what the whole thing fucks with you. It fucks with your head. Mm -hmm. It just, it completely, it, it does a number on you. And that's, it's just, yeah. I don't know anyone that's gone through the process of engagement and marriage and been like peace the whole time. Oh no. You know, had like, oh, mm-hmm. engagement was perfect. Wedding was perfect. All that. It's like so much pressure. Yes. It's so much pressure. Cause it's also, it's pressure to not be pressured. A hundred percent. Cause it's supposed to happen. It's like super or get, you're supposed to be surprised. Yes. It's supposed to, you're supposed to be surprised with the ring. It's supposed to be the perfect ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which your ring is beautiful by the way. Oh, I, I made it with him. Oh, see, girl. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't pressure him. I'm chill. Let me tell I you I literally guys. had my jeweler crystal streets come over and we're like, we're making the ring. <laughs> this was a joy. Oh my God. You. I, I feel like you. you. This is the best. Easy, baby. <laughs> Easy, baby. Sirius XM is the fucking spot. Oh. <laughs> That's how my show starts for the rest of the season. <laughs> Shout out to Krista and Lindsay for joining me. You can find Krista and Lindsay on the Almost 30 podcast streaming on Apple Podcasts or find them on Instagram at Almost 30 and 30 is with the number 30 podcast. Be sure to check them out at almost30.com and join their amazing global community for women that covers everything from modern spirituality, health and wellness, aliens, entrepreneurship, sex, and self-development. Now, we've been talking about the proposal from the straight woman's perspective, but let's find out another side to this story. Joining me, I have Jared Brady, my husband, who sounds like this. It just makes sense why the man is always pumping the brakes on the marriage because their messaging is completely different than what women get. And my brother-in-law, Chris Morrison, who sounds like this. You know, there's something in the pit of your stomach that says this isn't right. But as guys, we're sort of saying, well, you know, I'm thinking about, again, providing, building a home, building a life. 
Uh, is this the right person to do it with? Uh, maybe not, but let's, let's give it a whirl. Plus bonus, a cameo from Jared and I's daughter, Ryu, who no one else was around to watch, who sounds like this. As mentioned, Jared was pressured to get married by moi, and Chris was pressured by both his ex-wife and my sister, his second and current wife. We responded to a couple of your questions, but first, I had to hear how these men really felt about being pushed to pop the question. Welcome, Chris and Jared. I asked you guys to come on because I know that this is a topic that you have personal experience with. Jared, I know for damn sure you got personal experience with it because I personally pressured you. And Chris, you are married to my sister and I heard the tales. But that to be said, would you give the advice to somebody to pressure someone else? Absolutely not. There's no reason for someone to, to have to be pressured into marriage. You can use other terms. This is my partner. This is my life partner. Uh, I'm like pressure. Get into it. Do it. There's so much pressure on women from society that they get. Men don't get that pressure from media. We don't get that pressure from friends. Women's friends be like, so you're 33. When's you going to get married? Or even the mom. Mom is like, so what's up? Why aren't you going out for some guys? Like, So I feel like women get pressure. It only makes sense to me why they pressure the man. The man is out there with the boys are like, don't get married. Don't you get married, bro. We still go out to the strip clubs, man. You can't be getting married. And then, like, you know, I feel like it just makes sense why the man is always pumping the brakes on the marriage because their messaging is completely different than what women get. I'm not going to speak for other men, but I know for myself, I, I was afraid to get married. And from experience, after I got married, it was the best decision of my life. So, hey. Wow. So I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with it. Shameless uh, plug there. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like every dude pictures themselves being married. We just don't have that pressure from the media and the outside world to get married. This is what I find so fascinating about the marriage proposal. It doesn't actually change anything. Right? So it's not as if we're buying a house together where now our living situation changes. Even entering into a committed relationship. That goes from being non-monogamous to monogamous. Like that changes the structure. What does marriage really change other than the perception that people have of your relationship or the perception the two of you feel about your current existing relationship? So to me, it feels like when we get to a place where we establish that this is a life partnership, why are we not choosing the appropriate title to communicate that to the rest of the world? I could just use the same argument and say, well, why, why do we need to get married now? What does it change? As you said, it doesn't change anything. It changed a lot for me. Oh, did it? It changed people's perception of me as a woman, as an adult. It definitely changed people's perception of me as in my career. Um, really? Even oh, in today? hundred percent. I mean, what I do for a living, I think, is particularly Fair. tailored in that way. It's, just, it's not going to impact us in any negative way. It's going to just improve, I think, people's perception. view of what we share. Exactly. Well, it's like, and also, too, I think something that hasn't been mentioned yet is the biological clock of a woman and 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 yes you can have uh, a kid with a life partner but there's certain things that does get bound in marriage that feels more secure when you do have children but a guy you know essentially at least we've been taught that we don't really have a biological clock. You're right. But we do, but it's not as... It's 80. It's not as... So you got, you got <laughs> yeah, we time. can keep going there, my friend. <laughs> it's not as ticking ah, in the woman. So that's I just, right. I feel like when I, when I take a bird's eye view at the word pressure to be married, I think it makes sense. And like, I get it. I see it for what it is. It's not a negative to me. And also, too, I think a lot of times 
pressure depending on your experience with the word pressure. But like for me, I felt pressure as an athlete. I felt pressure in music. I felt pressure in my career. And those things motivated me into a, and elevated me to a place that I actually realized I was happier in. And it made me perform better. So feeling pressure, my relationship with it, when I hear it, I don't, give, I don't go, oh, the guy doesn't want to get married, doesn't actually like her. Mm-hmm. When I hear it, it's like, no, that's more of an, uh, an encouragement to do better. Pressure is pressure. It can, yeah. uh, it'll come each time uh, a guy is doing something slower than a woman wants him to. Um, in my case, the first time, the pressure felt different. It, it, you know, there's something in the pit of your stomach that says this isn't right. But as guys were sort of saying, well, you know, I'm thinking about, again, providing, building a home, building a life. Uh, is this the right person to do it with? Uh, maybe not, but let's let's give it a whirl. Do you think it's the intuition? So what would you say is the difference between the two times? Let's say reading the other person, the motivation, having a shared a shared outcome. Um, one person's focus, the, my first wife, more, more of her focus was to be married, right? Um, culturally, it wasn't really about me, and, and I recognize that. Um, but marrying for married, marriage sake versus married, marrying for the right set of conditions and things and uh, things for yourself. That was really the difference. And so now I, I kind of get where that is. And I, I definitely made a great choice second time around. Yes, you did. Holla. Um, so we got a lot of different questions and comments from people. And I wanted just to get you guys to weigh in, give your two cents or in Chris's case, your $2 billion. Absolutely. He took off the ascot, which I'm very disappointed in because <laughs> this could have been a whole different vibe over here. Hi there. My name is Emily. My partner and I have been together for 11 years and we started dating when we were really young around, I was 18, he was 17. And there have been parts of our relationship where I have pressured him to propose um, because I was ready to get married, but he was not. And then in the year of 2020, we agreed as a couple that it did feel like the right year to get engaged. And then when December 31st came around, he was not ready. So my question is, should I be pressuring him or not? Or should I just let him figure it out on his own? Thank you. A lot of times what women overlook in men is we have an idea of who we look like as we are married. Even from when we were younger, definitely, there's an idea of the man that you are. Well, and if you feel like you're not that guy, mm-hmm. whether that be financially, character-wise, <laughs> career, whatever it is, if you haven't hit that place that you had in your head, who you were as a husband, it's going to be hard for us to pull that trigger. The other, the other route is that he just doesn't want to get married. Can we talk about effective ways of pressuring? What works, what doesn't? I think you guys just lay it out there like, hey, look, the way you put it to me, this is the price with dating an older woman. You know what I mean? Time is at the essence. You have to let let the man know it has to be serious because if it's not serious, he's not going to take it serious. And I think it just, you have to just lay it out there. And, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen is you guys break up, but then maybe that wasn't, you find someone who is ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think you have to just put it out there it, it, as bluntly as possible. It's like, hey, I would like to be married. Uh, I don't I know. I want it to be you. And I want it to be you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what your time frame is, but mine is quicker. So yeah. what do you have to do to get to match up with my time frame? I like the question. I think that gets overlooked a lot. 
because people are just like ultimatum, ultimatum, pressure, pressure. The question of what is it that you would need in order to be where I'm at, I think is one that's often overlooked. Yeah. I think on the flip side, what's important to know is a lot of men have never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. But I think you need to leave the man with the illusion of choice. I mean, <laughs> the, it's the true, idea, you, it's you leave true. us with that and it's not outright pressure from day, you must do it by this date. We can, yeah. get, on, we can get on board with it. What yeah. does the illusion of choice look like? It looks like you, a, not an ultimatum. It yeah. looks like we're in discussion. We can talk about a feasible time. Actually, that's what happened with your sister and I. We, we talked about what was feasible because I brought, at the time, I was thinking financially. Hi, my name is Shelly. And I definitely have applied pressure as far as getting married. I was with him for five years, and I felt that if we were going to do it, we should do it. He kept talking about it, but he was dragging his feet. I had been looking at rings, and he knew what kind of ring that I wanted. And just so happens I went to the jewelry store for something else and saw that my ring was on sale. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just call him and see if, like, you know, if I could go ahead and get the ring and he'd just give me the money back because it was on sale. And, of course, he hesitantly said yes. And on top of that, I turned around and told him that, you know, it would be really nice if he, like, proposed to me at work or something, like, Valentine's is coming up, hint, hint. And, uh, yeah, he proposed to me in front of everyone at work. But sadly, that relationship did not last. Yeah, I'm going to told you that. <laughs> that was not the move. You did all the things wrong. You did all the things wrong. That was not the move. Uh, it goes back to that thing I was saying. If it's not the man's choice, it. it's not going to feel right. It's not going to feel good. You telling me you went and picked out your ring. And then you asked me if I could buy the ring myself. And then you told me where to propose to you. Nah, that's just not going to feel good and it's not going to work. It couldn't have felt good for you. And so what you should have done is you should have peeped your ring, took a picture of it, sent it to one of your homegirls who was friends with your friend and said, yo, this is the ring. It's on sale. This is what you're doing. And that's how you move around it. You know why it's actually a good piece of advice too? Using a third party because mm-hmm. if you guys don't have a third party that you could utilize, you're mm-hmm. probably not at the place of marriage. Mm. If you're not close enough with their sibling or mm. a friend or somebody who you guys mutually have that same close connection with, that's a signal that maybe now is not the time. Yeah. It's a total picture, right? It, it's how much you know, what goes into making you feel like a complete being? And if you're not there yet, it's difficult. There are a number of questions you would ask yourself, like early on, if you don't have your, your career straight, maybe love is all that matters. And can we, can we make ends meet? And I keep coming back to the financial because um, one of the number one stressors on a relationship is the financial property matters, uh, lifestyle matters. And will that person be able to meet and work with you on and grow together? In that lifestyle, to be able to to be able to furnish the things that you you both are uh, accustomed to. You know what? Aha! This is giving me that women get the pressure to get married, to look and appear legitimate to other people, and to feel more established and successful. But men get the pressure after marriage. Because then it becomes, are you handling business? Mm -hmm. You know, it now becomes, are you acting like a man? Are you acting like an adult? Are you supporting your family? Well done. Well said. And, and, you know, that's the aha moment for me as well. I, I, you know, cause I, it keeps coming back into my comments and I thought, yeah, 
you get the party and I get 18 to 25 years, 25 to life of, of responsibility and the need to show the world that I am that good for you. But I think that's, again, it. Mm -hmm. We're being rushed along to that point. Mm -hmm. And then men are afraid because once that point happens, that's where the pressure then comes. But for me, that was the alleviation of the pressure. The message there, take it easy on us, ladies. We we take on a lot after this, after this decision. I think the message there is to retool (laughs) your pressure to accommodate this information for it. But I think that Jared's point was really well put in that, You have to also know that if you are pressuring somebody to get married, it's because they may have a perception of what their marriage self is going to look like and they're Mm -hmm. not that person yet. So make sure that you don't expect for the the next day after that marriage, all of a sudden for them to be able to make up for what they want to accomplish over five years. I will say that being married was not more important to me than being with you. Yeah. So my goal for my life was to find a person that I wanted to try life with. It wasn't necessarily. So when I found you and then you weren't really ready for the marriage part, I wonder if I would have abandoned what I felt was so magical between us in order to find somebody just who felt the same way about the title. Did you propose to me in fear that I was going to leave you? No, I proposed to you because I wanted to be married to you. And and it, it had nothing to do with the fear of it because you can attest you were talking about it for a while and there was a lot of threats and a lot of uh, aggression and anger and that did not make me move. I knew I wasn't going to move until I wanted to. And the pressure, I wouldn't say is what made me do it, but it put it on my mind. So I think in closing, the thing that I've learned through all of this is one, to have more empathy for each side. I think it's important for men to understand what many women go through in terms of the pressure that they experience because you don't experience that. I think on the flip side, it's important for a lot of women to understand that the pressure that the man or the masculine in the relationship has now to become the provider for the unit once that title of marriage is applied to the connection. And even though for me personally, marriage didn't necessarily change anything about it changed everything for the positive for me. No one looked at me with any more expectation, um, with any more scrutiny. But with you, in addition to getting a lifetime partner written down on paper and signed by the government, you also then had the weight of the pressure of society to behave in a husbandly way. Yeah, the, the, the society looks at your unit differently and the society will look at the man individually differently as well. It's the thing that has to be considered before you guys make that jump. And he has to feel like he can contribute and and rise to that occasion before he gets on one knee. Thank you to Chris and Jared. Chris doesn't have a social presence, so find him at a first-class airport lounge. And Jared, you can find on his podcast, Enjoy the Podcast, everywhere that podcasts are available. Also, massive shout out to Lindsay and Krista for coming through. And again, you can find their podcast, Almost 30, everywhere that podcasts are available. You can also follow them on Instagram at Almost 30 Podcast. And speaking of Instagram, if you want to submit a question or a commentary for a future episode, the way you find out what topics I'm covering and if that's one you're passionate about is by following me on Instagram. And you can follow me at Shan Booty. That's booty with a D, not with a T. Lastly, I am back here every single week with a new lover and friend where we dive into an intimate topic. In short, this podcast is like a box of 
sexy chocolates, you never know what salacious, scandalous, or seriously thought-provoking topic you're going to get. And to make sure that you do get it, please, please help your girl out and subscribe on Stitcher, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts, where your five-second, five-star rating takes our relationship to the next level. And I am ready to go there with you. Lovers and friends. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Sham Boudram and Lauren Morrison. Also produced by Stitcher's Jackie Sojiko, 2 West Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Our mixing engineers are Brendan Burns and Marcus Hom. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and sound design. Jasmine Henley-Brown is the executive producer at More Sauce, and this podcast is powered by More Sauce from Stitcher. All right, super, super lastly, because I cannot let this episode end without gushing about how magical Jared made the proposal, despite how unmagical the lead-up was. Here is some actual audio from May 15th, 2018, the day that Jared asked me to marry him and the day that I said, yes, obviously, fucking finally. I love you. Yeah. Oh, baby. That's so beautiful.